We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon. Well, hey, everybody. We are so glad to have you here with us this weekend. Our series is Family. This is adventure, and one of the reasons we couple those things together, family and adventure, because by definition, when you look at adventure, what it is, you find out that adventure carries an um, expectation with it. There's uncertainty, there's risk, there's fun, and there is also this cost that goes along with it. Sounds a lot like family to me. One of the things that all of us have in common is that we all have family. Now, we all come from family. Many of us, our family is still alive. From that point, we begin to diversify. In fact, there are many, many different types and makeups of family that are here. God's message is this. First of all, that you and your family matter to him. Secondly, that he is family focused. Hence, we want to make sure that we are as well. One thing that all of us have in common, and that one thing is every family would have, and really there may only be one thing that every single family has in common, and that one thing would be this. Every family, it'll bring it up here in one second, I think. Yeah, there we go. The one thing... (laughs) that every family has in common, well, I'll just put it out there, it's conflict. How many here have ever experienced conflict in your family? Can I just say, like, like, whoa, those hands were like shooting up that were there. As you're bringing yours down, would you just like to point at the cause? No, do not. (laughs) We don't want to do that. Uh, How many can remember the last time that you actually had conflict. Can I see your hands here all of our campus? You can remember the last time that you actually had conflict in your family. Again, some of it's not a long, long time ago. Others that maybe a little bit, um, a little bit more distant. But grab that moment if you would, please. Because I hope today you're going to find what God has for us. It's, one of the, it's just super helpful And something that we can plug immediately into our lives. And we're going to begin to experience what it is that God, who has family focus on you and your family, um, hopes that you're going to be able to find this incredible freedom in. I'm going to confess, it took me a long time. I mean, it took me way longer than it should have to learn this lesson. And the lesson is this, and it has to do with um, conflict here. In family conflict, when you win, you don't. How many have learned this lesson? How many are like really confused? Like right now, like, wait, I thought, like, I thought when you win, you win. Because isn't that what it's like in life? I mean, in business, when you win, you win. In the office, when you win, you win. When you go to court, if you win, you win. Think about sports. Sports, it's all about you win, and when you win, you win. 
In fact, sports are designed right now, even with the ability to be able to get this, you know, I'm going to challenge what's going on. I mean, one person throws a flag and now you got coaches that can, it's like with the challenge flag, it's like, I'm throwing a flag too. And once the challenge is out there, everything stops. And it's looked and looked. And if you win the challenge, advantageous to your team, right? Lose the challenge, now you're going to lose the timeout. And, you know, in front of everybody else, it shows that, you know, you didn't know what you're talking about right there. But in family, you start throwing flags in order to win. You don't. In fact, let's just say it once together, shall we? In family conflict, when you, you, why? Because for every winner in a family conflict, there is at least one what? And that is the painful truth that all of us, I hope, are learning sooner rather than later. So why do we do it? Knowing that there's going to be losers in it, why do we argue? Why do we yell? Why do we do things that are hurtful? Why do we do things that are vindictive? Why do we do things that are very intentional? Why do we enter into conflict with those that we love? And the answer, that crucial question answer, is going to be written in this box. Now, before we get to it, let me, let me set it up. Because I know we're all looking forward to like, what's, what goes in the box here? If you have a Bible... Would you take it, please? And I want you to turn to the book of James. If you can grab your phone and pull it up on there, that's going to be good as well. I'll get the flag ready in case I need to throw this again. When you come to the book of James, we're using the Pew Bible, it's page 1724. James himself has a very interesting story. And the story goes something like this. I grew up with Jesus. That's interesting, isn't it? So James was one of the half-brothers of Jesus. He'd have probably said this about his brother. He said, Jesus, yeah, Jesus was a pretty good kid, but I think my parents favored him. When Jesus began his ministry, James was not behind him. In fact, when Jesus went around, declared the fact he was a Messiah, and people asked James, hey, do you believe all this stuff that Jesus is saying? James was, I don't, and I'm not. But something changed. It changed so much that James is willing to, in the end, give his life as a martyr for this belief, for this faith that he has in Jesus, this half-brother of his. What changed it was the resurrection. And that's the thing that continued. The reality of the resurrection changes everything. True then, true today. So we come to the book of James, and we find he writes this book as the very first letter of the New Testament. It's really, really practical. It's really, really helpful. I mean, if you're to start reading the Bible, James is a great book to, you know, to begin in reading. He is so real that it, he actually gets a little bit, it seems like it's a little bit raw at times. So it is with what he goes on here. He asks the question, chapter 4, verse number 1. 
And I hope that you'll just kind of put a big circle around these next two verses, maybe an arrow on the top. And if you don't own a Bible, take the one that you've got in your hands right now, the Pew Bible, as a gift so that you can come back and refer to this again. I think it's something you're going to show your friends and other people. It's something that you'll refer back to. The question he asks is this. I'll put it up on the screen. Verse 1 says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Just lays it out there like, what is the reason for this? What do we get from God about this? Answer? Let's read it together. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? It's like, oh, boom. Just throws it right down there. People ask me at time, what does the word desires really mean in the original language? It means desires. It simply means the things that you want. Where do fights and quarrels come from? Here, your desires that are warring inside of you. Now, James knows this is true, but it's probably not enough. As we continue with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to give us more. And here's the more that he gives to us. He said, you desire, but you don't get it, don't have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and you fight. Why do we quarrel and fight? Why are we ready to kill? There's murder. Why are we willing to murder in relationships? Why are we tearing our families apart? Well, it all is coming back to this, that we can't get what we want, or because I don't get what I want, therefore, I am reacting the way that I'm reacting. Would you pray with me? God, help us to learn this lesson and may the good work that you want to happen in our lives and our families be realized through it. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Interbrain agreement said, amen. All right, let's fill in the box. Why do we have conflicts in our families? It's because I'm not getting what I want at the root. Of every family conflict that we engage in is this. There is something that I'm wanting, and because I'm not getting it, then I am going to argue, I'm going to war, I'm going to blow up, or I may clam up. Because we fight in different ways, don't we? Some of us can do it aggressively. Others take more of that passiveness, the passive-aggressive approach, or we get really quiet and we just pull in, but we withhold ourselves. We withhold from those that we should be giving to or could be giving to. We just turn a very cold or we ice the person out. Whatever our expression of it, the reason or the root of it, it's the same. It's because I'm not getting what I want. So... Here's what we need to do. The next time that we find ourselves in a quarrel in our family or we're in a fight in our family, there's conflict in our family, we want to just take the truth and put it out there, right? We want to keep things real. Don't you want to keep things real in your family? All right, so here's what we're going to do. Next time you're in a conflict, I want you just to go, wait, 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 stop, stop. Do you know what the problem is? The problem is I'm not getting what I want. And we're just going to say it. Because that's the truth. In fact, I think you might need a little bit of practice because the first time you say it, the words may stick. 
in your mouth. A little hard to get out. So would you say it with me? The problem is. Say it. I'm not getting what I, yeah. All right, that is like really like lame. I can tell you didn't believe it when you said it. So get your finger up. Point I say, the problem is. All right, let's just do that part. The problem is, I'm not getting what I want. All right, now with the hand motions, let's say it with, with the real, the truth that's behind it. Ready? The problem is, I'm not getting what I want. There we go. Now we, know what our, now we know why we're in conflict and we are stepping into it. We are owning it because the alternative is we just blame them. Problem is you. But it's not. Now you may say, yeah, but if they did this or if they weren't doing this or if these circumstances were different or I'm just saying what I'm saying for their good, all of that doesn't change the fact that you're reacting the way you're reacting. And you with coldness or vindictiveness or anger or cursing are fighting, warring. We're just acting downright, can I say it? Ungodly. And me going like, whoa. Like, Pastor Guys really got up on the wrong side of the bed today, didn't he? Like, yeah. So let me just kind of give a little bit more context for this. Um, true or false? Do I know what I'm talking about? True or false? Pastor Guy and Denise rarely have conflict. Is that true or false? false. <laughs> that was like way too loud. <laughs> like, way, <laughs> like way too loud and way too quick, if you ask me. <laughs> I feel judged, in fact. <laughs> really? But it is false. Hence, I speak with the conviction that I'm speaking from today. I know whereof I speak. Going a little deeper into it, understand this. In fact, this is this, tweet this out today. Tweet it out this week. Selfishness, it is relational cancer. You could put, I, I put my in here. Selfishness is my relationship cancer. Because once it comes in and once it starts, it begins to kill the relationship. The things, the people, the ones that are so important to me. God says that love is the opposite of this. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 13, when God says, this is what love is, this is how love acts, this is how, what love isn't and how it doesn't act, these words from God are crystal clear. Love is not selfish. Selfishness is the opposite of love. Yet here I find myself at times, because I'm not getting what I want from my wife, from my family. I'll just talk about with Denise right now. If I'm not getting what I want, with Denise, then I'm willing to say hurtful things, to do hurtful things to the one that matters most to me in life. I'm willing to do the opposite of what I proclaim. I love you, and yet here's how I'm acting and responding. Why? It's because I'm not getting what I want, and I gotta come to terms with that and understand it, because if I don't, 
I'm just going to keep on doing it thinking it's her fault that these things are going on and taking place. Just a quick aside. It's a big aside, but did you know that selfishness is the root of all sin? Do you know why we get mad at God? God, I'm so angry with you right now. God, I am done with you right now. Do you know why people are done with God? Do you know why they're angry with God? Because I'm not getting what I want from you. And God, I think it should be all about me. Whenever there is the conflict, the offense, we've acted out on this. In fact, because we're not getting what we want. What do we do? What we need to do is bring forgiveness into the equation. You see, forgiveness is what needs every time conflict is manifesting itself right there. The reason that Denise and I have as healthy and growing relationship as we do right now is because forgiveness is something that is continually being enacted in our relationship. And everyone needs it. When I say forgiveness is the watershed issue in relationships, it's true because in every relationship, in every family, people mess up. People say do things that they shouldn't do. There are offenses that occur. It happens. And what you do then determines whether or not the relationship can go on, it can be healthy, it can move ahead because there's forgiveness that's extended, received, or you come on the other side, and when forgiveness isn't given, everything gets stuck. In fact, when we talked about that relational cancer, it actually begins the offense begins to deteriorate and kill the relationship. I'm not talking theoretically here. In fact, when I got the answer to my question, it came with a pit in my stomach. I asked this question. I got to thinking about it. I wonder how many people last year got divorced just here around us, our neighbors, our friends, the people that we work with. So I said, in Waukesha County, Last year, 2018, how many divorces took place? The answer is this, 1,055. Now, you may immediately go like, I wonder how many people got married? About 1,000. More people got divorced than married? Yes. And when you look at the number, now, obviously, you know, the county, our church is bigger than just the county, but just in our county, I'm talking about our friends and neighbors. Every number has a name, and every name has a story. And in every one of these families that were previous to last year and now are torn apart, in that story, there is an unresolved selfishness that took place, that took root, and conflict occurred because I'm not getting what I want when unchecked. And this happens, and none of us in here are immune to it. 
Not just in marriage, but I'm talking about in families. Your family can be fractured when we don't put this into practice. Now, what is it, right? What's forgiveness? If I were to ask you, what's forgiveness? Do you think forgiveness is when you go to a person and say, hey, I just want you to know I'm what? I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. Is that forgiveness? It's forgiveness when it's like, ah, I just put it out of my mind. You know, I'm no longer thinking about it anymore. Forgiveness is pretty real. Forgiveness is something that's really tangible. This might help us to, you know, kind of um, parallel with this analogy. How many have ever had the unfortunate experience of being pulled over for speeding? Can I see your hands? How many know if somebody happened to? Anybody been in the car when it's happened to them? That's awkward, isn't it? Like, right? So you get pulled over speeding. Officer comes up to the window. He leans in there and he always asks you that question, right? Do you know how fast you're going? You're like, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure you do, right? Like, <laughs> he's getting pulled over here. He says, oh, you're going 85 in a 40 mile an hour zone. You're thinking like, like, I don't see the problem. Like, I'm in a hurry. It's like, you know, like, oh, like, so what? Like, I'm not done bother me, even done bother you. He says, well, I am going to give you a notation of transgression. So it says transgression on it. <laughs> Your transgression, which is written out, it's documented there, 85, 40 mile an hour zone. Here you go. Now you're, here you are, you're holding the transgression. What are you going to do? Do you think it will help if you just go, okay, whatever, and just throw it in the back seat? Out of sight, out of mind. No worries, moving on. All going to be good? Ultimately, the transgression hasn't gone away. I mean, just because it's out of your sight, it's still there in force, and the longer you ignore it, potentially the worse the consequences could get. Now, remember, all things can always get worse, too. Think about if you took that same transgression, like, yeah, you know, here's your, here's your transgression paper, and if you just wad it up and just threw it back in his face. Here's what I think of you and your transgression. Yeah, don't recommend that. <laughs> On the other hand, if when you're given the transgression, the officer has said whatever he's going to say to you, and before he leaves, he said, may I have that? May I have that? And you're usually like, oh, there you go. Like, and the officer takes and does this. What has just happened? You have been given what? Here's the interesting thing. When I, when I heard this rule too, it just like, it's like, that just capsulates it all. The one who writes the citation has the power to annul it. The one who, has the po- one who wrote the citation has the power then to cancel it. The officer, the officer can do that. And if he does, you have been forgiven. That's what forgiveness is. It's the canceling of a debt or a transgression. Now here's the principle that God wants us to operate from. Knowing what we know, here's what he says to us. Give your Bible, I'm going to have a turnover again in it. We're going to go over to page 1688 if you're using the Pew Bible. Ephesians chapter 4. One of the reasons I want you to turn there, I want you to see a correlation. Because if you're with us week one or if you go back and watch the message week one, 
In week one, Jesus said there's one thing that I have for wives. There's one thing I have for husbands. There's one thing I have for parents. There's one thing I have. Just one thing I want you to stay focused on for children in families and families relationship. And he says that in Ephesians 5. He's setting it all up and stepping into it with this that we're looking at right now. Because you need this to get there. Verse 32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. I want you to notice the next words. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Question. Does God forgive us because we deserve it? He doesn't, does he? God didn't look down and say, oh, you look like you, you know, deserve it, or I understand. He doesn't do that. God doesn't forgive because we deserve it. But what God does do is he forgives us because of Jesus. And what does that mean? The very heart of Christianity is the gospel. You've heard that word, right? The gospel, the good news. What is the, what is the core message of all Christianity? The gospel is this. The gospel, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Was then buried and he was raised the third day according to the scriptures. Again, that's what changed James' life right there. Here's what Peter, Peter put it this way, and it seems it's so, I mean, just so um, I can get my arms around it kind of true. Peter says that Jesus personally carried our sins. I always put the word my in there. Jesus personally carried Guy's sins in his body on the cross. Here's the picture. If you're taking notes, fill this in. If you're not, I just draw this out real quickly. Draw a cross. Here's the gospel. Jesus went to the cross in order to take and then write my, here's the intersection, sin on it. The gospel is this, that Jesus took my sin on the cross. He paid the price for me. And so when God looks at what Jesus has done, he sees, right? Here's my transgression. This is what I need forgiveness for. It's real. I did it. God can take this and does this. Jesus personally carried this transgression in his body. And God says, Guy, because of what Jesus has done, you are forgiven. That's the transgression. How do we forgive? We forgive because we've been forgiven. Don't, don't miss this. You don't forgive somebody that has transgressed against you because they deserve it. Because in most cases, they don't. But you can forgive because of the forgiveness that's been given to you. Hear me. When Denise forgives me, it's not because I'm such a charming, you know, winsome individual. Because the truth is, the reason I need to be forgiven is because at home and to her, I've been acting like an absolute word you can't say in church. <laughs> but but, that's, but that's, what I've been, that's what I've been doing. I've been acting in ugliness. 
It's been all about, I'm not getting what I want, and so I'm punishing you. I'm acting out on that toward you. And when I say, that's my transgression, and she says, I can forgive you, and I will forgive you. Not because you deserve it, but because I'm forgiven. I want you to think about this with your family members and those that have hurt you and those who have offended you. You have transgression slips that you are holding on to today. There's somebody, maybe in your family, the way the will was divided, I mean, you were just cut out or you were cheated. Somebody in your family has lied about you. You've been slandered. There's things that have been gone on. Your kids, I mean, like there's a transgression and you could hold this transgression. You know, you did this. You know, I'm not getting what I wanted. I wanted respect. I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be obey. I, whatever you're holding on that slip for one of your family members, I mean, this is real, right? It is. And we got it in our hands. We don't forgive because they deserve it, because this is real. But we can forgive if you've been forgiven. Begs the question, doesn't it? Have you ever been forgiven? Have you come to God for the forgiveness that he wants and that Jesus has appropriated? Think about the picture again. My sin, Jesus died for. But have you been willing to acknowledge, God, I need the forgiveness that Jesus appropriated on the cross in my life? Would you forgive me? Here's God's words to us. He said, to anyone, to everyone, to all who would receive him, that is Jesus, believe in his name, the gospel, this is what he's done for us. God gives the right to become children of God. That is, you are forgiven, you are my family, you are my child, and that's how I'm going to treat you. Have you done that? If not, you need to be forgiven before you're going to be able to forgive as God forgave you. What do we do today? And I hope if any of these actions are you know, in front of us that we are going to do just that, we're going to act on them. Today, I want to ask, how many are holding a transgression slip? That is, somebody in your family has done something that you have not forgiven them for. Would you just lift your hand? How many? I mean, there's something. You have been unwilling to forgive a family member, and you're holding the slip still. Okay? Will you today do this? But they don't deserve it. Nope. They don't. Why would you do that? Because I forgive like God does. For Jesus' sake, and because I've been forgiven by him. Will you? How many would say today, Guy, I'm angry at God. I'm angry at God because I'm not getting what I wanted from him. I thought I should have this in life. I thought he would do this. I thought this is how it should be. God, I'm angry. Because I'm not getting what I wanted. And you realize that for what it is today. I'm a guy. I've been angry at God. Because he hasn't given me what I wanted. Lift the hand. Raise it high. Yeah. 
Because this is a turning point for us. To acknowledge and go. And God, I come to you in truth. Forgive me. Maybe that you're just ready to receive Jesus. And if so, it is a life-changing decision. And I hope that you'll do that. This promise that is up here today, it's for you and Jesus wants you to have it. Let's act on these as they're appropriate to us today. Would you pray with me? For everyone haven't trusted Jesus yet, today's your day. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. I believe he died on the cross for me. I believe he rose again and I'm coming to him for full forgiveness and repentance. Would you lift a hand and say, Guy, that's what I need and that's what I'm asking Jesus to do in my life today, to be my Savior. Sometimes it'll take me a second, just wave at me. Jesus, for each and every one of these, as they come to you in the selfishness of their sin, we say thank you for going to the cross for us and dying for that and giving us forgiveness, but giving us life and hope and relationship and giving us the ability to forgive others. Thank you. We trust you as Savior. Jesus, I forgive my family. I forgive the one that has offended me. I am going to tear up the transgression slip I've been holding on to. Tell them that as you do it. Thank you for your grace, God. Thank you for loving us when we act the way we act. We pray in your mighty name. And everybody in agreement said, amen. For those that have just opened your life up, trusted Jesus as your Savior today, as I said, it is a, it's an eternal changing thing, but it's a life-changing thing as well. We just want you to know how happy we are for you, and we want to rejoice with you. Hey, church, would you join with me in just saying to everybody there, God bless you, and we are truly, truly blessed. We will face conflict, and God wants us to know when we're in the fire, when we're in the conflict, he is with us. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.